Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 9 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week, we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty well, man. Doing pretty well. It was it was hot today, and uh, but it's raining now. We got a little rain. Things cooled off. It's delightful. I feel like more and more... Like, am I crazy? It feels like more and more we are skipping past, like, spring and fall. Like oh, those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in my imagination, you know, spring is like a fourth of the year. And it feels like more and more just like, nah, there's like half of it is winter. And then there's like a week where it's kind of spring-like. And then it's just summer. And then it kind of does the same. Fall is, seems like a little bit better. This yeah. is a new podcast that we're doing where we're climate change speculators. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. I mean, climate change climate change observers, more like. That's a better way to say it. Now, let me tell you how it used to be when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, we had all four seasons. No, I, I think that you're right. I think that we had a weird cold spring this year. Um, like my shift from wearing a cardigan and slippers around the house over to wearing like jorts and a tropical shirt around the house was like, a, yeah, it was there was very like a two day jump. <laughs> now, I, I, I think that this year it was also exacerbated by the fact that like, man, I don't know. It might've been nice outside sometimes, but I wasn't going outside to like enjoy those moments. Oh, well, I can tell you, uh, it wasn't. It was okay. There were not moments probably that you missed, because if there were, I would have told you about them, because I would have been outside with my kids. Oh, right on. Uh, yeah, so that was, that's not great. But you know what is great, Dave? Is this week's episode of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Uh, it is episode nine, called Exposed, the Demon-Filled CD. Um, it is it extremely rules. good. Yeah, it's uh, real dope. This is a very uh, and, good episode. And I'm very much looking forward to talking about it, which we will do soon. But of course, we won't do it quite yet. Because first, we need to uh, engage in our officially award-winning opening segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Man, our first star of the week, it's Isolation Update. Isolation Update. As it has always been. So, Dave, how's your isolation been? You know, uh, it's, it's actually going pretty well. Uh, the weather, like, man, the weather broke, and that has made made just an enormous difference for Huge us. Huge difference. Yeah, like, I got the kids outside today. Uh, they played with the hose, which was like a first, like, they had never done that before. Just oh, really? Like, yeah, it's, you know, just like, well, last summer they were only, you know, two and a half. And so they weren't necessarily interested. But this summer, like, dad got the hose out with, like, the spray nozzle and was just, like, blasting over the hose. I, like, ran around shrieking. Uh, they had an amazing time. That sounds so, great. Yeah, it was fantastic, man. The laughter of children. So 
yeah, things are going pretty well. I am on. I kind of didn't want to say anything before because I didn't want to like publicly publicly commit myself. But I have been on a uh, workout regimen. Nice. I've been. I've been. Yeah, I've been working out a few times a week, and I've been. I've managed to keep it going for. Uh, I think a little bit over a month. Oh, wow. So that feels great. Yeah, it's the first time I've done any like really regular exercise in a decade, I want to say. Man, it sounds real bad when you say it like that. But yeah, probably about a decade, maybe actually a little bit more as I think about it. Right on, dude. That's very cool. But yeah, things are going pretty well. Um, How about you, Matt? Um, yeah, you know, it's going, right now, it feels like it's going pretty good, because as you say, the weather broke, so I, you know, it's comfortable now, which is nice. I have my windows open pretty regularly, which is good, Mm -hmm. Um, although I do have to be a little careful about it, because I live super close to the lake, right? So there is this period, there's like this week or two period every year where, um... I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but like the insect wildlife is oh yeah, it like just goes go- wild, Ha-ha. right? Like yeah, like it goes, uh, like it it has very set cycles that like having lived here now for like seven or eight years, I think seven. Uh, I'm not going to do that math right now, but it's been a while that I've lived where I live, and like there's just this two week period right around this time of year where there is this one particular type of, like, tiny bug that is everywhere. Mm. Um, And then, like, in a week or two, we're going to hit, like, the period where there are suddenly a bunch of spiders. Oh, fun. Um, Which is, you know, the, the first time, like, the first season when I would just, like, had to get used to, like, weird big spiders hanging out on the other side of my windows... They kind of creeped me out. Um, But now, it's been a few years, and I just take solace in the fact that they're on the other side of the window, taking care of all those annoying flying bugs from the previous weeks that I didn't like anyway. Oh, yeah, man. That's that's a big one. Spiders are bros in many ways. In many ways. Uh, In many ways. You know, not uh, all. Not always, I would say, but... You know, and and again, in in many ways. So yeah, the weather broke. It's comfortable. I took, uh, today is Memorial Day, actually, as we record this. So, and I took last Friday off. So I'm riding on the end of like a a four day weekend, which is very nice. Like, obviously I didn't like go anywhere or do anything, but just having some time away from work is nice. And especially the best way to do a four day weekend is what I've done this time, which is the Friday and the Monday, because then Mm -hmm. you you have a four day week. Followed by a four-day weekend, followed by a four-day week. That is the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, honestly, I just, like, that would be so nice to just do that every week. Um, It would be fantastic. No, uh, you know, I... that uh, that, that, That is not necessarily within my grasp, but doing it this week has been great. Yeah, no, I also had the day off of work, of course, and it was surprising kind of how much it really did feel like a day off to not have to get up and do all of my work stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, although you're largely done with your work stuff for the year, right? I am kind of cruising into the end. This week is like, quote-unquote, finals week. It's the last week for, for kids to get everything done. But 
Uh, as I predicted, I think I will actually have a slightly busier week uh, than a finals week normally would be because a lot of kids are suddenly realizing that the school year is over and they have not done any of their like, <laughs> for like distance two and a learning half stuff. Yeah, for like two and a half months. So I've got a number of kids who are all of a sudden trying to cram in, you know, like enough work that they can pass. So, I mean, gotcha. it's not. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I actually did. I had a very interesting conversation with mom earlier today, Matt. And I was going to throw this out here. This is a little isolation update PSA. This is, uh, this is based on a really interesting article that my wife found and we had chatted about. And it was actually about something that's called um, isolation fatigue or like sometimes I guess it's called quarantine fatigue. And uh, they did a study, the, uh, the eponymous they. A study was done. Let me say it that way. I use the passive voice. Uh, a study was done that realized that people in isolation go through, everybody kind of goes through the same steps. And like at first, you know, like at first you're fine and then it's a little weird. And then like you hit a valley and you're like, oh, things are very bad. And then like things kind of get better and they even out. And then at some point, like things really go off a cliff for you. And people start like acting really irrationally and uh, start like railing against the idea of being isolated or quarantined or, or what have you. And we see this. Sure, that, that, on, that, like, that all tracks. Yeah. Like you see it in people who are in quarantine. You see it in people who are in like other sorts of isolation. And here's the really interesting thing about the study, though, is what they found out is that everybody goes through the same the stages at the same like percentage of how long you think your isolation is going to last. Okay. So if you think if you think your isolation is going to last for ten days, then you will go through all ten steps in or like all however many steps there are in ten days. If you think your isolation is going to be 10 months long, you will do all the same stuff. You will just do it over the course of 10 months. And you'll kind of hit those behaviors and feelings at the same, like, uh, percentage milestones, effectively. Okay. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Although I wonder how that affects, um, like, the current situation where we have no idea how long it's going to be. Well, that's the very interesting thing, Matt, is what you're, I think what you're seeing, and uh, man, this is real like armchair philosophy, and I'm going to get to the thing I was going to say in a minute, but I think what you're seeing is a lot of people who had it in their heads that this was going to be a short-term thing mm -hmm. are, have gone through that whole cycle in the course of, you know, 10 weeks, and still the end is not in sight. And and they're really railing against that. And so this is the th this is the PSA. This is what I was actually going to say. This is like the rare moment of seriousness, which is, I think the the best thing that you can do. And this is, I, we're kind of where Beth and I were heading into it, and and we've been feeling fairly okay. Is do your best to just get it locked into your head that you know this situation is kind of semi indefinite, guys, and we don't know when it's going to end. And this is, in many ways, the new normal. And if it's over next month, it probably won't be. But if it's over next month, I'm like, you know, hooray, that's great. But if you tell yourself, like, oh, surely it'll be over by Christmas, and it's not, you're going to have a real problem in, in yourself. And if you can just do your best to convince yourself that, like, hey, 
this is just kind of indefinite and who knows when it'll be over and I'm just going to adjust to living my life like this for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, it's tough, but in the long run, it'll, it'll do you a lot of good. So that was my, I don't have a joke. That's not a joke. That's just a real thing. And it was a real conversation. I was like, you know what? Let me say this to the, I don't know, the handful of people that are <laughs> that listen to our show. So hopefully that was helpful for you. Matt, what is our second? Let's say something funny. What's our second star of the week? Uh, Dave, our second star of the week is that I have realized something. This is actually sort of, uh, I don't know. I guess it's a continuation on isolation update, but it's a discrete thought. So I wanted it to be its own what star. What isn't, Matt? Everything at this point in our lives is a right. continuation of isolation update. But I, I have realized that, like, my shopping habits and my eating habits have changed, like, super drastically during all this. Because, oh. like, typically... Well, shopping habits make sense. Eating habits a little bit less so. Well, okay. So here's the deal. I, bef- like, when I was able to go out, I went out a lot. Like, I was out of the oh, house. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. A lot, a lot. Like, I did not, like, I would say the majority of my meals were not things that I prepared. No, okay, wow, no kidding. Um, no, I mean, I guess it makes sense. You're a single dude. You know, cooking for one is kind of a pain in many ways. Yeah, cooking for one's kind of a pain. And honestly, like, if you are dining out in a responsible way... Like, it's not a huge, huge price difference between that and, like, cooking for one. Because cooking for one always ends up with a lot of, like, food waste because you're not feeding a whole family. And, like, it's a right. It's a weird thing to balance. And so I did a lot. Uh, maybe I was exaggerating. But, like, I would eat out a lot. And so I have realized that now that I'm eating in, and especially because, like, my shopping habits are such that, like, you know, I'll get a grocery delivery, like, once every week, week and a half. Mm-hmm. Whereas previously, I would just, when I wanted to make dinner, I would walk, I would figure out what I wanted to do, walk down this block to the grocery store, pick up the things that I wanted, come back and cook them, right? Right. Well, now I have to just sort of like order stuff that I think I will eat in the next week, week and a half. Um, Either that or I need to do like really intense meal planning and I'm not going to do that. Or rather, I have not been doing that. Well, that precludes... That precludes the next thing I was going to say, which is like, you should start meal planning. No, no, no. That's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> um, and so I've realized that the, the thing that I noticed is that I have not bought meat in like two months. No kidding. Yeah. And like, it wasn't on purpose. And I it just kind of occurred to me the other day, like, oh... Like, I still have, like, cheese and eggs and, you know, like, animal, you know, like, dairy products around and stuff. But I realized, yeah. the and, like, I think I've had a couple of, like, cans of tuna that I've worked into some pasta dishes. Um, But just, like, a piece of red meat, like, beef or pork, I straight up have not eaten in, like, two months. Wow, no kidding. Yeah, and I kind of that don't is, That actually is pretty wild. It. Because on one hand, like, I don't know, people say that cutting red meat out of your diet is good for you. On the other hand, I certainly don't feel like I'm living healthier now than I have been. Maybe it's just like, you know, I'm sort of like fiddling with like the health knobs. Like I've turned down like physical activity. You turn one thing down, but one thing up, right? Yeah, yeah. fewer walks, but less meat. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like balance out the levels. But it's been interesting to sort of realize that. 
you know. Also, I mm-hmm. but you, I have eaten so many more eggs in the last two and a half months than I had in the previous year. It's crazy. Oh yeah, uh, no, I I totally hear you. It is pretty wild. Beth and I were actually having a conversation kind of about the same thing, which is like uh, we cut out a lot of dairy out of our diet. I think we actually talked about it on the show. Yeah, but I like think so. I don't think of dairy as like a, a condiment anymore. Like oh, like if I want dairy, I'll put it in, but I don't just like cheese on things as an afterthought um and i think meat is probably the same way like you know a lot of the meals we probably don't need to have meat in them like we're just sort of defaulting to putting meat in right but if you don't happen to have some meat around like that's eh, probably fine without yeah it's probably fine you're good i mean obviously there are certain things you can't do but like i yeah, I, well, I am it's hard to have a steak right i am learning that um Although I, once I realized it, I'm like, oh, gosh, I would really like a steak. But, like, it's not actually the end of the world in the way that I had sort of previously thought. Um, anyway, that's just a, an interesting thing about my life. Dave, what is the third star of the week? So third star of the week, Matt, is uh, I have been doing more baking. Oh, me too, it's actually. It's really... Oh, no kidding. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Anyways, was, you, you, say, <laughs> you say your thing, and then I'll... Yeah, well, uh, I have been doing more baking. It is really at odds with my new workout regime, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's like, um, or regimen. It's not a regime. Uh, workout regime would be a very weird, <laughs> a very weird political system. It's an interesting um, system of government. <laughs> I am 100% Weirdly, sure that there's at least one anime in which there is a country with a workout regime. You know, probably true. Uh, I, interestingly, Schwarzenegger probably would have been a governor in both of them. Anyways. Yeah. So I have been doing more baking. It is a, it is really at odds with my new like workout regimen. I'm like working out really hard. I'm like, ooh, let me make some croissants, though. Uh, so I, I've been continuing to, to kind of experiment and tweak with, uh, with croissants. And then I said, let me do let – me, let me try something different because – our uh, aunt Suzanne mentioned on Facebook, she's like, you could make these other things. And it's like, what? And I said, like, what's a Jesuit? I've never even heard of this. And uh, it's like a puff pastry filled with frangipan. Ooh. So, yeah. So I tried the, uh, so first I had to make frangipan, which I had never done. Uh, it was delicious and surprisingly easy. And then I tried to make these Jesuits and uh, they, they went okay. I didn't seal because what it is, is it's like two, you put puff pastry down and then you put frangipan on top of that. And then you sort of like seal a second layer of puff pastry over the top of it. And I didn't seal them quite right. Ah. And so when I cooked it, the frangipan leaked out the side. And then I think that messed with like the rise of my puff pastry layers. Mm-hmm. They still tasted good. Just my puff pastry ended up a little bit dense. But since I had all this extra frangipan, I was like, ooh, let me try and make like a tart thing. So I made some tart dough. Uh, it was really more of like a sugar cookie kind of thing. And so I made a poached pear and frangipan tart, Ooh. which turned out super good. And then I still had frangipan left over and I still had tart dough left over. And so I was like, this morning, this was the cool part. I was like, oh, I've just got this tart dough and I've got some frangipan. I've got some blueberries. Let me just like throw together this blueberry tart, like pop, 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 pop. And it took me like half an hour of active work and it turned out perfect. I felt amazing. That sounds uh, great. So the other, <laughs> uh, the last time I made croissants, I made almond croissants. Uh-huh. I made some marzipan and I made, they were really good. And uh, Buddy Bear was like, 
what about coconut? And I was like, what What about coconut? Interesting and thought. he said, yeah, he's like, you make a coconut croissant? And I was like, no. He's like, you ever have one? I was like, no. I, I was like, but I think you just invented the coconut <laughs> croissant. Let's give it a shot. So uh, I'm still sort of puzzling about how to make that happen, but... That's uh, that's next on the list. So you did some baking. Yes. You said. Yeah. I um, I mean, listen, like if you have been on social media at all in the last two months, you have probably seen that everyone has been doing some baking. And and eventually I just cracked. I'm like, OK, it, this is the thing. If everyone if as it if it turns out that everyone in the world can bake some kind of bread. Like, based on what I'm seeing on the internet, then, like... You don't want to be the one guy. Right, like, surely this is not as beyond me as I thought it was. Like, so I just looked up a recipe, because I I think I mentioned a while ago that I got, like, a new Dutch oven. Yeah. And I know that, like, people bake bread in Dutch ovens. Like, that is a use of them. So I just googled, like, Dutch oven bread recipe. And I found, I think it was a New York Times recipe that was like, listen... This bread, it's like a no-need, like, overnight-rise Dutch oven bread. It's almost no... Like, you know, it is just flour and yeast and salt and water. And you don't even have to knead it. You just, like, make the dough and let it sit. And then fold it once or twice and toss it into a hot Dutch oven. And, like, a, awesome. and like you know, it. if a six-year-old could safely operate an oven, they could do like this. They could, no they problem. would be good. Like, it is that easy. I'm like, okay. That that seems approachable to me. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I did it. Turns out, bread is not like, at least this particular kind of bread, is super easy and very nice to have around. That's fantastic! Uh, and of course, now that I've like done two loaves of like the easiest bread in the world, I'm googling like, okay, how do I make a baguette, really? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that that might be an experiment for a later time. Give it a shot, man. Why not? Who knows? Uh, so, Matt, our baking endeavors aside, what is our fourth star of the week? Dave, our fourth star of the week, and I'm realizing now that we need to move quickly because we are already like over 20 minutes into the five stars, um, is that um, a good TV show is back on the air. It's been back for a couple of weeks, but we haven't talked about it. Uh, because I forget to talk about TV shows because I honestly don't watch, outside of like the Sentai that I watch every week, I don't watch a ton of TV. But I really love the show What We Do in the Shadows, and there is a second oh, season of it. Oh my dude. Yeah, um, Beth and I eagerly await each episode. It's killer. It is on my like short list of five current TV shows that I like. I'm not sure what those five are off the top of my head, but I feel like it's like the number is not larger than that. Um, yeah, I think that's legit. Um, if you're not aware, what we do with the shadows is a show that uh, started out as a movie of the same name, starring um, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement, and a third guy uh, that I feel bad I can't Reese remember his name. Darby's in it. There's other people in the movie, but uh, anyways, and then they turned it into a series on Hulu, and it is about it is like a office style documentary, but about vampires. It is, and like, it's, it's just it's, extraordinarily it's funny. Good. It is, yeah, it is astonishingly, astonishingly funny. Uh, nothing I can say about it is going to be as funny as you just watching the show. So this is really more of like a PSA, right? That if you 
if you want something to watch and somehow you haven't seen this show, it is very, very funny. It is very good. Uh, it, it is. You know, there's, the, there's some swears. It is not a, a family show, but it is very, very funny. Yeah, I, I think the the thing that I found most, like, surprisingly funny in the first season, it's continued to be funny, is the character of Craig Robinson. Yes, uh, I... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a house full of vampires and the, you know three of them are sort of like traditional vampires and one of them is just this guy named Craig Robinson who is an energy vampire who just like draws his power from annoying people and the stuff that they do with that in the show is very good. Yeah, like you would think that it would be like a one-off joke, uh, and they continue they continue to plumb new depths of the very good humor in that. Yes. Uh, anyway, Dave, quickly so we can move on with our lives. What is our fifth star of the week? Man, I feel bad that this we're we're running out of time to talk about this star because it is maybe my favorite thing uh, in the stars this week. We are back to playing mage. Uh, we're playing mage with Mark and the the crew that we've been playing this game for 20 years. Yes, I mean, uh, not every week. Yeah, not every week, but um, on and off for for 20 years. Uh, We had started another game, and it just kind of required too much psychic energy uh, from one of the players to get into the headspace of like a new mage character. And uh, Mark was like, hey, I think I've got some stuff I want to do with our old characters. And so we're, we're running those characters again. And man, guys, like, I love playing role-playing games with my friends. And Mage is my favorite game. And this is my favorite game to play with with some of my favorite people. And uh, and I'm just stoked to be playing it again, man. It's it just feels really, really nice. good. It's very nice to, like have a character like this that I've had for so long that I can just, like, return to and get back into, like, their headspace. It's like visiting an old friend, but the old friend is, like, a thing I made up that lives in my head. Now that I've vocalized that, that sounds unhealthy, but trust me, it's good. (laughs) Anyway, Dave, you know what else is good? It's Denji Sentai Mega Ranger Episode 9. Exposed the demon filled CD. We are going to take a break and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we have finished watching Exposed the Demon Filled CD. Uh, it is written by Junki Takagami. The original air date was April 13th, 1997, and it is very good. Yeah, this is a fantastic episode. So uh, we start off in the uh, Nezere dimension, and Hinalar's there, um, Shibalina's there, and we are getting like a, it looks like we're getting a new monster of the week. Turns out it's not. It is Super Uganda. They have, like, they have used their, like, DNA reconstituting technology to just bring Uganda back. Yes, because if you recall from last episode, he was blown up to death. Yeah, so that is pretty wild uh, that they can apparently just, like, copy and clone themselves. That seems I don't, huge. Yeah, I, I don't know if they can do that with everyone or if it's, like, specifically Uganda. Because Uganda's look, I think we've described it before, is he looks like a, like, vector art computer gridline man yeah 
That so is, like, I think that is a fair way to say that. So, like, I don't know if there is something about, like, the st- like the sort of creature he is that can be, like, recovered and reconstituted. Like, I don't know if they could do that with Shibalina. But, oh, they, but apparently, But apparently they can definitely do it with Uganda. Uh, and now he's, like... He, like, he looks mostly the same, right? Like, it's that same, like, vector art thing. And his head uh-huh. still looks the same. But, like, now one of his arms is kind of, like, bigger and more armored and bulky. And he's got, like, this weird, like, twisty spike coming off of one of his shoulders. Like, this pauldron thing. Yeah, so Very what, I am really, what I'm really hoping and thinking, and this would be, I think this would be a really neat idea. This is not something we've seen in Sentai before. Well... No, we did a little bit with um, Emperor Tran. The idea that you've got like one monster that sort of like levels up over the course of, of the season. I think it would be super rad if Uganda like goes back into the field every once in a while, gets defeated, and then they reconstitute him. And he's slowly getting like crazier and crazier and crazier. That would be Because great. he is more powerful. He's more powerful now. And he's like, yes. oh, I'm so much like, let me get back out there. But his arm uh, like sparks and kind of fries. And Hinalar says, no, 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 no. He's like, you just kind of get out of the reconstituting machine. You're more powerful now, but you don't know how to control it. Right. So like you need to chill here while you sort of like recalibrate to your new body. Yeah. Um, Uganda sort of balks at this a bit, but recognizes the wisdom in it. And Shibalina's is like, it's cool. You chill here. I've got something cooking this week. Right. And the thing that she has cooking is a plan with Bat Nazare. And Dude. Bat Nazare looks very good. Yeah, it's an extremely cool um It's just a very cool look. He looks like a big he, he kind of looks like Man Bat but with kind of like a technological technological vibe to him. Uh, he's yeah. got a great entrance though cuz they don't like constitute him out of machine, I guess cuz they were just using it for Uganda. Shibalina just goes, Bat Nazare! And it like, quick pans up to him, and he's just hanging upside down from the ceiling, and then he flies his wings open, and he goes like, Rah! He makes like a crazy bat noise. It's super uh, it's cool. very dramatic. Very dramatic entrance. So, uh, we go from there, and we see Chisato and Kenta, and they are up on top of this building. Chisato's there to take some pictures. Kenta is hauling all the gear around, and he says, Hey, um, this is really heavy. When I when you said you needed my help and that you wanted to take pictures, I thought you wanted to take some nudes, which like Kenta, my, my man, dude, not uh, not not a great look from Kenta here. There's there's yeah. gonna be a lot of very quality Kenta stuff in this episode, but he this starts is off it. pretty low. Um, so obviously that is not what they're there for. Uh, Chisato just thinks it's a nice view from on top of this building, but she looks down with her camera and she sees a little kid running away from a teenage girl. And the kid is like shouting. The teenage girl grabs him, like, like rummages through the kid's bag, pulls out a CD and it's like, aha, I have stolen your CD. And then just like leaves him there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, Chisato and Kenta run down. Chisato finds uh, the girl first. She finds first. the girl. She snaps a few pictures of the girl and is like, hey. And, and grabs the CD from her. The girl says, like, hey, you're a thief. Give that back. But, you know. Chisato's like, well, let's talk about that for a second. 
And then Kenta rolls up, and uh, the girl's name is Seiko, and she's like, Kenta? And he's like, Seiko? And uh, she's like, you know, what else going on? And Seiko says, like, Psh, are you with this chick? I thought you had better taste in women. And Seiko just dips. Uh, and it turns out Kenta is like, what is going on? That Seiko, she's like my best friend from middle school. Like, I've known yeah. her forever. Like, it's very, you know, like, she's not a, she's, like, not, like, an honor student or anything, but, like, this is very weird. Like, this is unusual yeah, that yeah, she yeah. would be doing this. Yeah, so, like, okay, so we cut to the CD, or the, the computer club room. Yeah. So, Dr. Kubota Skypes in, and he says, hey, guys, there has been this, like, super violent crime wave going through Tokyo. It's been a bunch of kids, um, like, elementary school through high school aged. Um, and they've just been like, you know, attacking people, just, like, breaking going stuff, nuts. setting fires, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we um we get a quick like uh, a quick montage of everything that they're doing, and it does start with a kid like I forget like breaking a window, and it definitely ends with a girl like throwing a Molotov cocktail into a storefront. Uh, uh, Dave, extraordinarily quickly. Dave, can I uh, can I offer a brief correction? Oh, please do, yeah. She's throwing two Molotov cocktails, one with each <laughs> hand. Well, if you're going to do it, you may as well commit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, oh, and when these kids get arrested, they have no memory of having done the thing. Oh, yeah, right? that is that is a real key element of the of this story. So, Koichiru says to Dr. Kubota, like, oh, you think the Nezere are involved? And Dr. Kubota very reasonably says, well... Figuring that out is sort of a mega ranger job. <laughs> He's like, I am in space, so you guys handle that. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's very good. And, okay, th- this is a fantastic exchange. Kent is like, all right, fine. I will do this, but you need to buy me ribs. And Kubota, Dr. Kubota, instead of saying, like, no, I am an adult and you are a superhero. Like, just go be a superhero. He, with a look of like annoy, like with a look of chagrin, I think is a better way to say it on his face. He pulls out his wallet to check if he has enough money to buy Kenta ribs, and Koichiro's like, "Dude, sit, stop it! Like you can't keep asking everybody for food." There's a there's a really great touch where like he opens up his wallet, checks to see if there's any money, and then just reaches over and like disconnects the call. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that part. Um, so, so Genta and were fighting, actually, a little yeah. bit. Uh, they're fighting. Chisato walks in. He's like, hey, I've developed the pictures of this girl who was of Seiko, who had been stealing the CD. Yeah. And she passes them around the room. And everyone's looking at him like, oh, this, this girl looks like she's bad news. She's going to give this school a bad reputation. And they're all just like talking about her as though she's, like, the most evil creature on Earth. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, they mentioned obliquely. She does go to the same school that they do. Yeah. So, Kenta's hearing all of this, and he's like, hey, like, I, like, no, man. Like, I don't want to hear all this. Like, she's a great, like, she is a good person. Yeah. She is a really I, good friend. Like, like I said, I've known her forever. She's not an honor student like you guys, I right. guess. He, he like storms out and goes up to the rooftop 
And Chisato follows him up there, and they sort of continue this conversation, just the two of them. Yes. There is a lingering shot of a statue that is, I guess, in front of the school. I have so many questions about this statue. It is a dude who is, like, burly but not muscular, I guess I would say, and he is wearing, like, very rough trousers with what appears to be like a rope belt and he has got I think it's like a wild pig behind his back and he is like holding it by its hind legs as though he is either like carrying it home after hunting it or getting ready to like body slam it (laughs) I can't tell which but in any case I Like, the juxtaposition of this statue and the high school, I I just have so many questions. You know, next time we see the name of the high school, we should look up the name to see if it is, like... Because, like, if this thing is at the school, maybe the school is named after whoever this statue depicts. I have no idea. Maybe? Um... So Chisato and Kenta are still talking and Kenta's like, listen, I know what we saw, but there's got to be another ex- explanation because like, listen, she's not like a big smarty pants like you four, but she's a good person. Like when I was, in, when I, when I was in middle school, I got suspended. And when I was out of school, like she was the one who took all the notes for me so I could like catch back up. She's a good person. There's got to be another explanation for this. And Chisato yeah. to her um, credit is like really okay. to her credit, yeah, yeah. She's like, listen, okay, y- you believe in her, and I believe in you. So, like, let's the two of us go investigate this together. Uh, we 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 cut up to the Nazare dimension or out to uh, Shibalina. Sort of says, hey, this is going pretty well. We want to sort of like, you know, can we? Can I get your go ahead to continue on with this experiment? We want to ramp up the yeah. violence. Oh, sorry, you know what? I was a little bit wrong before. This is where we get the, uh, the, the montage of all the violence. And there are three teenage boys who are wearing just the most like, deliciously like late 90s clothes. Now, they are beating up an old man, so that's bad. That's less, they that's are, less delightful, yeah. Yeah, but they are definitely wearing like Jenkos, and I think one of them has like an upside-down-to-the-side uh, sun visor, and uh, that was a real delight for me to see. So, Dr. Hendelar says, like, yes, Shibalina, go for it. She has, like, a human form. And she goes down to Earth, and she meets up with Batnezare. And she says, hey, great job, Batnezare. Keep it up. Right. So, Batnezare, a a panel opens on his chest. And a bunch of, like, cyborg bats fly out of the hole behind the panel. And they, like, fly down to this CD store, fly in through the windows, and all, Mm -hmm. like, transform into little, like, bat-shaped stickers that are on the CDs. And this is the same bat-shaped sticker that, I I think we forgot to mention it, the CD that um, Seiko stole from the kid earlier in the episode also had this bat-shaped sticker. And she mentioned it. Yeah, we did forget to mention. Yeah, we did forget to say. But when she pulls it out to look at it again, she's like, "Ah, it has the sticker." Yeah. So next day, Kenta and uh, Chisato are sort of out investigating uh, Seiko's activities. 
Yeah. So they are kind of looking around and they see her in the CD store and they see her stealing CDs. Uh, one of the CDs she steals, I couldn't catch the rest of it, but it definitely said Estee Lauder on it. Yeah, I did a lot of like freeze framing. I think because they were like actually showing the covers of these CDs, but they didn't want to pay to like show real CDs. So I'm pretty sure that what they did is they just like had a fashion magazine and cut out squares from various things and put them in like CD jewel cases to look very because like if you're just looking ah, at them for a second, it kind of looks like a yeah, regular you can't CD quite cover. Tell. But that was just an easy way for them to, like, get around, you know, rights for this sort of thing. Oh, Matt, there was something I forgot uh, I was going to interject a moment ago. So when she's when we say that Seiko is in a CD store, here's what we mean. She has gone to a physical geographical location. And in that location are a lot of shelves. And those shelves are filled with physical physical cds that you would buy right and, and there's then music you would have to on the cds and then you would have to put that yeah. into like a like a cd player or maybe into For the our cd younger rom listeners. right or maybe into the cd rom drive of your desktop computer where yeah. you could then okay. uh like download imagine the songs it like to this it. yeah imagine it like this it's like a vintage record store but instead of records there are CDs and they're new. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what this was. These stores so used to be are. everywhere. Yeah, when I was there would a be boy. like there would be multiple CD stores in the same mall. That is, that is, have it looking back on it. That is true, but also weird. Anyways, I mean, there are also multiple bookstores in the mall. Yeah, but I feel like they all had, well, maybe the CD stores had different vibes. I don't know. Um, so anyways, Seiko is definitely stealing these CDs. Shisato confronts her and is just like, hey, you are clearly stealing all of these CDs. Seiko has a look. She's like, I feel bad. And then she just kind of like throws all the CDs out of her bag into Shisato's arms and she runs. Kenta chases her. Right. Shisato tries to chase, but forgets to put the CDs down first. So when the um, the guy who works at the CD store sees her, she's like, he says, like, hey, you, you have to pay for those. You can't just walk out with that stack of CDs. <laughs> yeah. So Kenta does run up. Uh, she He catches Seiko, and she says, all of those CDs had a bat on them. And she she kind of says, like, she doesn't quite know exactly what the deal is. But she says, I know that something is going on with these CDs, and it's specifically the ones that, that have this background. Right. On them. She says, like, come with me, we can discuss this further. Yeah. Shibalina in her like human costume, which is just different clothes. Um yeah, uh, she overhears this and is like, ah, this girl, she knows the secret of the rage waves. <laughs> So um, from there, we are back to the Digital Research Club. And Chisato has all of these CDs. And she's like, I had to buy them all. It took up my which entire is allowance. Which Two things. First of all, it's bizarre. It's like, I feel like you probably could have just given them back or said, 
oh, there was another girl who was trying to steal them, and then she handed them all to me. Here are your CDs, good sir. Yeah. And then also, yeah, as you say, she's like, it took my whole allowance. There's like 15 or 16 CDs there. Yeah, and CDs used to be very expensive. Yeah, I mean, not like crazy, but like between like 12 and $15 a piece. Yeah, easy. So like... They are, I don't remember exactly how much they were, but I do remember that like when iTunes first came out and they were like, the whole album is always going to be like $9.99. I remember being like, oh, wow, that's a very good price for a full album's worth of music. Yeah. Anyways. So her allowance is apparently through the roof. Yeah, it's just like at least $100, uh, which is nuts. Anyways, Shun notices this bat mark and he's like, what's up? And Ko says, I don't know. Kuichiro says, I don't know, man. Let me just like listen to one of these CDs. Pops in the CD, puts it on, predictably flips out, starts trying to choke Shun out. Right. They like grab him and pull the headphones off. And he looks down at Shun and is like, Shun, are you okay? Why are you coughing? What could have happened? <laughs> um, so like... We get confirmation, okay, these are the CDs, they do make you crazy, and they also make you forget being crazy. Like, now yes. they know. So, we get the quick break, and then when we come back, they are on the line with Dr. Kubota. And he, clearly, they've sort of, like, explained, and Dr. Kubota sort of has it figured out. And he says, listen, if it is these, it must be some sort of, like, subliminal sonic wave. And if that's the case... We can basically like white noise it, yeah, by playing an alternating frequency. We're kind of working on the program slash technology now. We will let you guys know as soon as we have it ready. Yeah. Um. So we cut back to Seiko and Kenta, and she is saying, "Hey, Kenta, like, did you hear that Yuji, who was just like, I don't, I guess, a mutual friend of theirs." Um, went crazy and got himself arrested. We see like this cutaway flashback where this guy is just breaking a bunch of cars with a baseball bat. Yeah. You know, the Super Sentai series does a lot of damage to cars. And I feel like it's gotta be like, like the, their old car budget has gotta be weirdly <laughs> high. Uh, it does, because he does not, like, he full-on Street Fighters this car. Like, yeah. he, he, I mean, he doesn't punch it to its destruction, but he, he definitely wrecks it. But Seiko's like, listen, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but again, it is definitely not his fault. And then we sort of, like, loop back on some exposition that we already got about, like, the waves and, and blah, Right, blah. and he says, oh, so, and she says, so that's why I'm looking for all these CDs. Like, basically, she's not trying to do anything nefarious she's trying to get them out of circulation because she knows that there's something dangerous about them and she's like yeah like if i had the money i would have bought all those cds at the cd store and just like just to get rid of them but i don't have the money so i had to like you know i was gonna steal them just to get rid of them because like ultimately that is the better thing to have done yeah um, and can just like, man, I knew it. Like you, that's awesome. Like, you are great. And Seiko says like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was mad at you earlier. You are also still great. Like clearly we haven't like, we, it seems like those two have not talked in a while, but they are rediscovering their friendship and very happy about it. 
to yeah. like to awesome. find that the the other person is the person that they remember. Yeah. So um, they're like, let's split up. We will, you know, we'll figure this out. So Seiko is on her own and she's attacked because remember, Shibalina knows that Seiko knows the secret. So she has sent Bat specifically to target Seiko. So he has a new thing. Um, it is not, he can do more than just like imprint on these CDs. He can do like a direct sort of like sonic mind control. Yeah. There are like speakers thing. in his bat ears. And and they're yeah, like and they're like shooting out this like mind control wave. Um, Kenta runs into the other four. They sort of realize that they have sort of both discovered the same information independently. That like Seiko yep. is cool, and the problem was the CDs. And they're like, okay, yes. but where is Seiko? Like, we need to they're find like, her right Ooh, now. We are not totally sure. So we get back to we're back to Seiko, and it's a he, she's being mind controlled, and Betnarizere says. I don't know. I'm not sure where the knife comes from, if he tosses it to her or what, but there's a knife and she has it. And then Ben Ezra just says, okay, next step, stab yourself in the throat. Yeah, very raw, Mega Ranger. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a rough way to... It, that's a lot, man. That's a lot to just throw out there. Like, this is a heavy episode. Like, we're starting off with, like, Kenta hoping to get nudes of Shisato, and we're kind of ending up with... A bat person can mind controlling you to stab yourself in the throat. It's wrong. Yeah. Um, Anyways. Chisato uh, finds her and like throws a rock to knock the knife out of her hand before she's able to stab herself. Yes. Um, she picks up the knife again. Bat Nazare tells her to attack Chisato. They're sort of struggling with the knife until Chisato is able to. She's holding like this headphone contraption. She's able to mm-hmm. get it over Seiko's ears and it is the thing that Dr. Kubota has developed that can, like, counteract the mind control stuff from uh, Batnazare. Yes. So she gets it on, and hooray, Seiko is okay. But while this is happening, of course, Chisato is not wearing the headphones herself. So she is. she has a little bit more resistance, maybe because she's a Mega Ranger. Uh, the degree to which the Mega Rangers have any kind of super ability... See, it seems to be slowly increasing. Yeah, maybe they're like attuning themselves to the digital world or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, that was very much the case in uh, Die Ranger, both Die Ranger and Conquer Ranger, actually. That it first started out like they were only kind of had super abilities while they were henchened. And then as the season progresses, they kind of get more and more super, uh, even, even outside yeah. of that. So. So they're sort of struggling. The other four have since henchened, and they now arrive to chase Bat Nezare off. Yep. Um, they do that. Chisato and um, Seiko have this moment where they're like, okay, thank you so much for saving me. I'm sorry for, you know, one of the, you know, Chisato says, I'm sorry yeah, for of, being, like, you know, a jerk. You clearly were cool, and that was my fault. Yeah, uh, and she's like, you can chill. The Mega Rangers are going to handle the rest of this. And this is really great. Seiko's like, is that not just, hold up, isn't that just a game? And she says, no, no, Shisato does. She says, no, no, no. Like the Mega Rangers came out of the game. They're real now and they're awesome. And Seiko's like, dude, 
I hope Mega Yellow gets in here. Like whenever I play, she's my character of Mega Yellow, definitely the best ranger. And Chisato's like, okay, well, I'm going to go get her then. So you chill here and I'm going to go to the back. And do not, do not come with nope. me. I'm going to go wake her up. Uh, did, did I ever tell you, Dave, that that is what we used to say when I worked at Chuck E. Cheese? If, if you had to go put on the Chucky costume, someone would come and find oh, you. And, and instead of saying on the floor of Chuck E. Cheese around the kids, like, hey, you need to go put on the rat suit. They would say, hey, right. could you go to the back and wake up Chucky? Mm. It's like a, a, like a code word so the kids wouldn't know. Got it. Was it. Terrible. Got it. Got it. How much did everybody have to do a turn in the suit? Uh, yes and no. The suit was like weird. It was like, it was made in such a way that if you were tall, you would fit into it. And if you were short, like the way it was baggy made it look like not as weird as it might have. Because there was just uh, okay. the one suit in the back. Um, but it, it kind of depended on your position. I was a game floor referee. Uh, which meant ah. that I had a referee shirt, and I I would, like, unjam the machines, you know? I was the guy who had a pocket full of tokens, mm-hmm. and, like, if your coin got caught in the machine, I'd pop it open and, like, unjam the stuff and give you some replacement tokens and do all that stuff. That was that was my gig. Now, was there training to be in the suit? Like, did you have to do some mime work? No, there was actually, though, um, a mandatory meeting that I skipped where we were all supposed to show up. Sounds like it wasn't super mandatory, but okay. I mean, I was in high school. I was able to be like, hey, I just am not doing this. I have school stuff that I have to do. Um, And also, it was a job at Chuck E. Cheese. Like, I was not super concerned about, like, being employee (laughs) of the month. Um, But there was a meeting where we were supposed to, like, all get together when the store was closed and learn the dances because there's like special dances that you're supposed to do during the uh, the parties, like the birthday parties. Um, so I didn't learn any of those. But, you know, like if you're wearing the suit and you just sort of like jump around, it's whatever. Yeah, I just, sorry, to continue this weird Chuck E. Cheese tangent, I have a piece of information I need to bless you all with. Which is, Chuck E. Cheese, during the lockdown, has been selling delivery pizzas under the name Pasquale's, which is the name of the animatronic drummer slash pizza chef from the restaurants. So if you've seen Pasquale's pop up on your, like, Uber Eats or whatever, that's just Chuck E. Cheese, my friends. Dude, man, I remember when I used to work at the Chuck E. Cheese, um, there would just, there would pretty, like, semi-regularly just be, like, a staff pizza sitting in the back. Uh, I, I Maybe it was like a thing that they did for the employees. Maybe it's just what they did when they screwed up a pizza and didn't want to throw it away. They just let us eat it. But like, listen, it wasn't good pizza, but... I, I don't remember it being the worst yeah, no, pizza, Yeah, no, it was though. fine. I wouldn't order it out, but if it showed up, I wouldn't be mad about it. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Bat Nazare is fighting the Rangers. He throws some pretty rad, like, pro wrestling style moves. It's good. He actually takes the Rangers down. Uh, he hits them with some sort of, like, Sonic and then, like, a laser attack. And then Mega Yellow shows up, and she's like, 1v1 me, bro. She, she walks in does. slow motion while shooting him with oh, a laser man. gun. Very it's a good. very good entrance. 
And so the, the only thing uh, she that would have made it better is it. if there was like a fire and she was walking in through like the hazy, like wavy heat lines. We do get that sometimes. We didn't we didn't get it this time. Oh, uh, well. So um, it is. It's really good. Uh, she, it's a, not a long fight, though. She wrecks him. She just like blasts him with her laser and then there's a little bit of a hand to hand and then she hits him with um she's got like a super kick ga- thing galaxy slingshot mega slingshot whatever it is yeah. so he goes down the rangers are back up he gets gigantified they summon galaxy mega they're about to start the fight and they're like dude i don't know what this fool is thinking like i don't know why he thinks he can be this just because he's big now we also have a giant robot like this is right you know this is this is over before it's begun except it isn't because he says listen up jerks you think my awesome like sonic wave powers only work on people get wrecked and he hits them and they work on galaxy mega right so galaxy mega like can't move it's just standing there like getting zapped with sonic waves which is bad um, because that that's not what they want him to do. What they want him to do is to use the sword, but he can't use the sword. What he can do is apparently like kind of blow up in a few places. Yes, uh, it's not so. Seiko is down on the ground. She's seeing all this, and she says, "Oh my gosh! Like, what's going on?" And she's like, "Wait a minute! It's these sonic waves, but I have the nullifier, right? Awesome. But I have it here, and it's just in my headphones. Like, I can't." put these headphones on a giant robot, what am I going to do? This is incredible. So she runs, she sees, it's like a speaker van. I'm not really sure why this van has a bunch of speakers on it, but it does. She busts into it. The dude, this is the most sanguine human being in Japan, possibly the face of the world. There's a giant monster V robot fight happening fairly close to him. And this dude is just like chilling and napping in his car. Yeah. And rather than jumping in and being and saying to this man, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but the Mega Rangers need help. She throws, she gets behind the seat, throw this dude in an arm bar and starts choking him out to wake him up. And says basically like, do what I say and there won't be any trouble. Yes. <laughs> so we, we cut back up to the Rangers in the cockpit of Galaxy Mega and they're like, dude, it's the Sonics. It's not letting us do anything. Like, if we don't figure this out soon, we are done for. But what are we going to do? But then suddenly, the sound is no longer affecting them. What could it be? What could possibly have happened? And then we cut down to the highway. And we see the van driving towards the scene of the battle. And Seiko is like standing on the roof of the van, holding on to the speakers, which are plugged into the sound system of the car and, like, plugged into the headphone device that Dr. Kubota had made. And it's just blasting out, like, the counterwave thing that's that's, uh, disabling Galaxy Mega. Yeah, um, so he's, like... It's extremely good, is what it is. uh, Ben Ezra is like, foolish girl, you think this is my power? And he like kind of turns up the volume and she's like, all right, we'll just turn the volume up even more. And then we get that a little bit back and forth. And then Ben Ezra kind of comes to his senses and is like, oh, wait, you're a very small person in a car and I am the size of a building. Like, I'll just 
think I'll just squish you. That'll, right. That will solve this problem. Like, I don't need to be louder than you. So he goes to, like, reach for the van, but then his hand gets caught in a laser whip because um, the Sonics are no longer affecting Galaxy Mega, so now he is able to, like, hop in. So, like... He stops him from grabbing the van. He pulls out his laser rifle and shoots him a few times and destroys the speakers on his head. So now... Yeah. Well, so now basically the fight is over. <laughs> yeah, this, this is pretty good. Uh, Mega Saber, they do just like straight up stab him entirely through the abdomen with the Mega Saber. And then while he's stumbling from that, they, they hit him with... Uh, Mega, the Super Mega Saber move. I forget yeah, uh, Mega Cross Cutter is what they did this week. Thank you. So that's that's the end of him. Uh, we go for a final scene. Seiko's back at school. She sees Kenta. She's like, hey, we were able to prove that it was the CDs, that Yuji's innocent. Everything is cool. And uh, then the rest of the Rangers pull up, you know, show up. Or they're, they're teenagers. They're not Rangers right now. And Seiko pulls Shisanto aside. She's like, hey, um, dude, are, are you friends with the Mega Rangers? Like, do you know these guys? And Shisato says, why, you know, kind of, yes. And she's like, okay, cool. I need you to get a message through to um, Mega Yellow um, and tell her that she is my favorite and I really like her a lot. Kenta hears this and is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mega Red, though. Like, Mega Red is really your favorite. She's like, no, Mega Red is actually kind of lame. Like, Mega Red is boring and definitely not my type. My type is Mega Yellow because, once again, everyone on this show wants to date Chisato. Um, the catch is trying to, like, get back up for this. He's like, how do you guys all feel about this? They're like, we we do not care. Like, it is fine that Mega Yellow is her favorite ranger. Like, we're not... It's fine, my dude. Uh, Kenta is so incensed by this. He's like, "Uh, uh-uh, you're about to find out how rad Mega Red is. And he he starts to henshin, like, (laughs) right in front of her, just to prove how cool he is. And then the other rangers, you know, like, tackle him. Right. And then Chisato says, like, okay, Seiko, um, clearly we need to get away from Kenta being stupid. Why don't you and I basically go on a date to the arcade where we will play Mega Ranger together. And because you have chosen correctly, Mega Yellow is the best. And uh, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Yeah, Dave, but of course it is not the end of our episode because before we get out of here, we need to determine where Bat Nazare lands in the Creature Royale. Well, oh, okay, Dave, actually, normally we would see where Bat Nazare lands on this list, but... Here's a very small spoiler for next week. Um, this is not the last we are going to see of Bat Nazaray. Oh, okay. So we could either rank him now and then re-rank him next week based on his uh, his showing then. Or we could just wait until the end of next week's episode and like count both of them together. No, I would say let's let's just kind of wait. If, if you happen to already know that, yeah. let's just wait and do it next week. Next week, by the way. Another very good episode. It's going to be a Shun episode. You're going to love it. Love it. Love it already. I'm excited. Okay. Um, oh, by the way, in the after credits um, preview scene for next week's episode, it begins with uh, a henchened Mega Red 
looking at the camera and being like, but seriously, Mega Red is the best one, though, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then Mega Blue comes in. He's like, shut up. I need to talk about next week's episode. (laughs) Extremely good. Anyway, but since we are since we are going to wait, then that actually is going to do it for this episode of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we are talking about on Twitter, we are at SuperSentaiBros. If you like the show, please remember that Shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. If you'd like to rate, review, subscribe on there, that would be very nice of you. Or if you'd just like to tell a friend, that would be equally nice. Uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. There is about to be a new episode of Spectre coming up. We just watched uh, The Thomas Crown Affair. You have never seen that. You know, I hadn't either. I I had seen bits of it. Anyway, if you want to hear me talk about The Thomas Crown Affair... I'm not going to do it now. You can listen to me at <laughs> Nazi. It's a, it's a very, very long episode, probably. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, you can find that all at retrogradeoverradio.com. Uh, once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth. Mega, 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 Denji Sentai.